Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guests on the show are Bouts. They are a rock band who are from Dublin, or were from Dublin, I suppose. One half of them, Barry Bracken and Niall Jackson, are based in Amsterdam and London, respectively. And Colin Boylan and Daniel Flynn are based in Dublin still. So, I don't know, a band of the world maybe? Band of the world bouts? Let's go with that. They released their second album, Flow, at the end of January. It followed their debut album, Nothing Good Gets Away, which came out in 2013, and the Unlearn EP, which came out in 2016. So, a lot of changes over the years, so... That might be something that we talk about in the uh, following 40-ish minutes of an interview. The interview took place at my house in Cork uh, about five or six hours before Bouts took to the stage in the roundy, right in the middle of their flow tour across the country. It started out in London, of course, uh, with two shows on January 26th, an in-store in the middle of the day, and then uh, I think it was a sold-out gig in the Finsbury with Featherbeds, who are a really cool Irish band, who I really like at the moment. Then it continued on January 30th, they were in the Roisin Dove in Galway, then it was in Pharmacia in Limerick, then it was the Roundy, then it was the Underground in Dublin the day after the Cork show, and then finally it was Belfast's Menagerie, before they all returned to their respective homes and got on with the Daily Grind. They had a really good uh, supporting cast over all of the shows. Let's call out a couple of names. Featherbeds, who I mentioned. O'Boland and New Dad, Monday Villains and Kaylee O'Brien, Laurie Shaw and Any Joy were on support duty in the Roundy in Cork. Silverbacks and Shrug Life supported in Dublin and then Silverbacks and Hot Cops supported in Belfast. So a really good supporting cast of bands helping bouts out i really really like flow i thought it was a good way to start the year you know kind of cleans the cobwebs away a little bit you know all those guitars you need that sometimes so i talked to singer barry and bassist niall about the stuff that's been going on with bouts over the years how difficult is it to be in a band when all of your band members are across across europe so yeah, let's just get straight into it. I started by asking Barry, whose voice you're going to hear first, just so you know, and then you're going to hear Niles afterwards. Uh, I started off by asking Barry how the tour had been going. Remember, it was the Roundy, the 1st of February. They were in my house in Cork. What what a great setup. Okay, let's go. Uh, it's going really well. We just played Limerick last night, and it was definitely, uh, so far, I would say, up there as maybe one of the best shows, best crowd of the tour, and um, a really lovely bunch of people who run shows there, DIY LK. We have to talk about them because they've really grown, uh, given a platform to a scene in uh, that city, which is burgeoning at the moment. So, yeah, we're looking forward to tonight in Cork. We love playing here. Uh, who is supporting you? Because they're from DIY LK as well, are they? Yeah, it was Kaylee O'Brien who we hadn't uh, heard until last night. She's really good, like a bit of a kind of soccer mommy vibe off her. Really nice. Um, she plays like a little electric Jag Mustang. Was it? Was it? Jag. Jag. Yeah. And yeah, and then it was a band called Monday Villains who hadn't played gig in years, and they're from Limerick, so like all of their mates were there as well. So it was really, really hopping crowd, like. Um, so both recommend both of them and then in Galway the night before Aina from O'Bolan pretty much organised that and they played before us and then New Dad was that the band? New Dad really young young band really sounded really cool a bit like Always maybe so it's been it's been a well matched lineup so far yeah that's what I was going to say it seems like a well kind of curated to you, for lack of a better word tour support slots 
Yeah, there's a combination of reasons for that. Um, Mr. Brian Coney's been wonderful in helping us out with uh, talking to good promoters in, in the cities that we play. So instead of like just randomly playing places and hoping people turn up, we did a bit of research with like who we'd run with. So, you know, Aina took control of the of the Galway date. The DIYLK lads took control of this one. And then Arlene and, and, and Plugged tonight, you know, so kind of reliable uh, promoters. Is it nice, like, playing a string of dates together again? Because it's been a while since Bouts have played. And one thing that I was talking about with the band recently was just uh, that there's such a big difference between, you know, just doing a standalone show a couple of weeks since your last show. You know, once you get a string of shows going, you just get better at it. You start to enjoy it more. Is that uh, is that what's happened so far? Yeah, that's interesting. I think we don't get a chance to play consecutive shows very often and there was a time back when we started six seven eight years ago when that was more common for us i think it does change the dynamics i think you become very it becomes more like muscle memory and you make fewer fewer mistakes night after night and you don't really have to kind of uh relearn your own songs after three or four months between shows and all that kind of thing and we all kind of rehearse uh, we don't rehearse that often because we all a few of us live abroad and i think we are enjoying it the, it's definitely getting each show has been built on we get a little bit more confident we get a little bit more assured of what we're doing and yeah i mean we just enjoy the fact that doing five in a row is uh, around ireland for an irish band it's about as much as you could push it maybe without adding in one or two more shows i mean you wouldn't really play a monday or tuesday night never <laughs> i mean maybe wednesday to sunday is about as much as you could pack it in and uh yeah it's nice when you get the chance it's a little bit like having a sort of a like a holiday, but with a lot more logistics and um, late nights. <laughs> and and with a two-hour like work slot between like 8 and 10 p.m. every night or something. Yeah. Well, it seems to be going later and later. That's the good or yeah, other, other interesting thing. really late at the moment. Yeah. It's like, let's pair it back. Like the last tour, I think it was curfews of 11 everywhere. And now things seem to be a bit, gr- bit more relaxed. We're going on at 11, going on at midnight. You know, maybe playing late bars helps. But uh, We could yeah. talk about that, though, because in Dublin the norm is to be done by 10.45 or 11 and it kicks into a different kind of night. Indie disco. Yeah, whereas in Limerick last night, we didn't go on until midnight. Uh, Galway, we went on at 10.30, 11. Tonight, we're going on around 11. So there is definitely different uh, rules and Dublin's at earlier. Like our show in Dublin um, will be curfewed for 10.45 yeah. because it has to be. Dublin's just greedier, I think. You just want to get two nights into every night. So much more going on as well. That's true. Yeah, to be fair, that is true. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of venues still. I mean, you're still looking at a couple of venues in each city. Um, Cork seems to always be grand, but it's, but it's, it changes every time we're down here. Um, you know, obviously going back to the quad days when we started playing down here. And then... Oh, did you play in there? Yeah, I played the quad oh, a couple cool. of times. I don't, I don't think I saw, saw you there. Um, geez, yeah, I feel old now. Um, and I, uh, I have been in the quad. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't see you guys there. Yeah, where else are we playing Corks? Uh, Cypress Avenue, Crushkeen Lawn even? Remember Crushkeen? Pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah, uh, Cypress Avenue has gotten an amazing uh, makeover 
as well oh, so it looks like an unbelievable venue at the moment as in like i won't go so far as to say it's the best venue of that size in the country but i've been there oh, wow. for two shows and it just makes the band look unbelievable i saw altered hours there before christmas nice. and they look like they, they look like what they should do the greatest band in the yeah. world well note so, to um, self book cypress avenue the next time I'm looking well it's 600 capacity so 600 capacity all right well we'll get 60 work on 60 first <laughs> <laughs> um how was uh let's just go before we go way back we'll see how far back we do actually go let's go back a week you played uh an in-store in london at 5 p.m that seemed yeah. that was uh a nice kind of slow introduction like getting back over like you had two two a guys from- all ages performance uh with some poetry reading before us by a very talented gentleman named dave Phelan. I think he used to be in a band called Vagabonds. I don't know if you remember them. But, not uh, Ye Vagabonds. No, not Ye Vagabonds. I could be getting the name wrong now because now that you've said that. But yeah, Video Blue, who's playing with us tonight in the roundy, he's going on first tonight in the roundy. He organised that. He lives up that way in Clapton, Hackney kind of part of London. And there's a beautiful record store up there called Lion Coffee and Records. It sells coffee and beer as well. And they do that. They give over the store for the whole day to like bands and DJs. And it's really, really something that probably should happen more uh, everywhere. Like... And uh, yeah, it was nice to get a little rehearsal in for the London show. Was that what you used uh, the in-store for? It was just as a rehearsal? I think it was more just to get as much as we could for the trip, you know, to London. Just try and fill it all in. in Yeah, as economical as possible, yeah. Yeah. Barry was flying from Amsterdam. The lads are coming from Dublin. You know, I live live there now, so it's a bit easier for me. You just had your feet up. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that at all because I was left with all the logistics of Uh getting kits and amps and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we ended up using like, I'm not even going to bore you to details, but we used two (laughs) different backlines for both shows as well. So uh, a lot of Uber receipts in the uh, Boats Petty Cash book at the moment. (laughs) Thank you, London Uber drivers. (laughs) And how how was the later show then? It was insane Uh, because we played uh, London a good few times to very mixed... Uh, responses but this one was like jammers and people seem to actually somewhat know some of the tracks so that is always interesting it's always nice when you can look out and not recognize someone in the crowd and they're still and they're still like singing along how did you feel about it i liked it i thought i thought the london show was good uh it was it's always nice to play there because you're sort of just playing mostly to semi-interested people who have no vested interest in us as a band uh, apart from maybe friends that we might have coming that we know there and apart from that it's just interesting to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and play in a different country in a different city with different setups and just test yourselves a bit I enjoyed it I thought the venue was wasn't quite nice but um, it's it's definitely nice and comfortable to come back home and then launch into a tour it's like putting on a pair of slippers and just sort of getting out there again London is like putting on a pair of like uh, for this now. what kind of shoes would you say I would say you know those pointy shoes that hurt your feet you wear them once a year for a wedding or something oh. <laughs> and it, but it looks quite good and it, it seems like a good idea and you look great and but I'm, go- I'm gonna stop can we can we wear Dutch clogs when we play the Amsterdam <laughs> show yeah and also nicely done Niall we're playing <laughs> Amsterdam but we're our, this, this interview is really going all over the place right now with this tour started in uh, London where Niall lives now it's home where we're all I guess from and where the two of the guys still live Colin and Daniel and we're gonna play Amsterdam in early April because I live there and it's a nice reflection of where we are in our lives and also and what we do with the band to just make an effort to actually play independently right. abroad. That's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Like, you know, a lot of people would see your situation and be like, Jesus, how, how are they making it work? 
But yeah. you're taking advantage of it. You've got some contacts in London. You got some contacts yeah. in Amsterdam. You got contacts in Ireland as well. So uh, it seems to be working out. Well, you make it work for yourself. We're doing it eight, almost eight years, and like we're all we're all a little bit sad when we saw girls' names call it a day. Oh yeah, after the other ten day years. after ten years. But like we know how hard that is. We're 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 still two years off that, and and we know how long eight years is. But one thing you do learn is how to put on good shows and do shows that aren't going to damage your mental health or your finances too badly so if there's one thing we're good at it's yeah using using what we know that is something that i think about you know like the longevity of bands like 10 years they said you know they had a really good journey and everything i'm kind of like oh just like to have seen what came next as well i think that they released like three or four albums yeah and it was record store day stuff they never stopped touring in europe like so yeah hats off to them like but i i totally understand it you know oh emperor the same fight like apes before them it happens bands just kind of come to a point where they go we've done this we've achieved we've achieved everything we probably thought and more and uh, let's get out before leave, it leave on stressful. a high yeah 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 while, while beasts as well i mean colin and i were just chatting in the car on the way here today that they did 10 years pretty much and they called it quits and they were on a slightly different level but at the same time i reckon some of the difficulties are quite common mm. to bands and whatever they encountered uh, meant that that was enough for them or they couldn't pers- uh, continue anymore and they just went out and just finished and just called it quits and you wonder like where else would they have gone they really did go through in different phases and grow as a band in 10 years and um, I don't know I'm a Wallabies so fan I was sad to see them the go memories kind of, yeah, I was at that final show they did in London and, and definitely there was a real sadness about some of them definitely didn't want it to end I felt yeah. so some of the band yeah yeah, really? yeah yeah and I did read things since that one or two of them were like ah we might do more and then the other guys no no yeah it's so. a good career move but as, in a, in a, yeah. we're, we're, we're gonna call it quits for now yeah but as far as as boats go it's not that stressful because like Barry says we all two of us live abroad two of us live here we know there's limitations to what we can do but we also know that we're well able to just like rock up and play shows now and have enough of a back catalogue and you know turn up at a festival or whatever and and put on a good show so so we're kind of quietly quietly happy aren't we Quietly happy, yes. I feel like someone. T- we're quite, we're, we're quietly married, happily married, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aren't we? We're still in love, aren't we? I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was first of uh, you two to move away? Me. I, 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 ran, I left to in mid 2014 to London. Oh yeah, he was London first. Yeah, and then uh, onwards from there. So mm, yeah, so we, we that would that would sort of mark the end of our first phase as a band the first kind of three years where we basically just attacked everything uh we gave it ridiculous amounts of sweat and you know musical kind of ideas thrown in the pot played as many gigs as we could got everything out there became sick of it it kind of kept it going and then eventually it sort of went into a different gear since then and we just uh we do we work in a different way now and it's uh it's as enjoyable as it ever has been i guess that was a year after the debut album came out nothing good gets away i mean niall speaking for the rest of the band like were you like fuck's sake no what's barry doing no it it was really actually nice the day so we were um we had that place in the pop in when it was still going on little britain street just off capel street in dublin and barry just told us he's like listen guys i'm 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 gonna move away and to be honest we'd been through so much that we were like oh good for you because he never lived outside of Ireland, like so. It was, it was really like no hard. I don't think there was any hard no, feelings. It, it was great that everyone took it so well. I was a little nervous about uh, sort of breaking the news because I knew it would change things, and I wasn't sure if. I think at that time, I don't think anyone was ready to just sort of, well, let's just wrap it up and walk away. I don't think that really came onto the agenda. But at the same time, 
yeah, I was a bit nervous about telling you guys. I knew I was going, but at the same time, we hadn't figured out how it would continue, but it did. And then to make it more difficult, I moved further away a year later, um, because I guess that is just... uh, Yeah, yeah. he told us about (laughs) moving to Asia when he was already in London and I'd ripped the band-aid off, so we couldn't be angry then because he was too far away. No, no, it was was challenging, but we'd written like five or six songs um, because like... Nothing Go Gets Away came out in October 2013, and that took a long time to write, maybe two years. Felt very drawn out. So we got really quickly back onto the horse of writing new songs after that came out. So when Barry moved away, we had this like uh, lump of songs that we were really happy with. And me and Dan and Colin actually continued to work on them. We used to continue to go into the pop in, and then we just sent what we'd done to Barry. And that, that was the Unlearn EP that came out uh, in 2015, 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah. So it kind of it was nice because it bridged the gap between um, the two albums. Like everyone is rightly saying that it's the first album in five years, but like we didn't actually like stop making music for those five years. We kept on making stuff and it's been really nice playing those unlearned songs for the first time as well is it nice kind of getting back to it as well Niall because I know that you've got like a couple of other projects as well like busy in London yeah as well with the job too I mean uh is it is it nice kind of do you see it as doing something new or do you see it as like going back to what you've kind of already done before sort of thing this uh, like you said it's only maybe halfway through the tour but this is definitely like the most pleasant tour we've been on so I don't older know. wiser yeah i don't know what it is we're just enjoying it more i mean maybe it's because we're still getting away with it like i mean how, how can you complain about meeting up with your friends every few months and, and touring ireland like we've all got very patient partners back home you know taking care of the daily grind and we're, we're heading off playing music having pints with friends so um so it feels really good just to actually still be able to do it and still be able to get people interested enough to listen like so yeah i, I, I don't know if it's different i think it's better um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but I think this this incarnation is my favorite so far. Are, are you kind of realistic about it as well? Like, do you see it kind of like as a hobby sort yeah. of thing? Like, there's only so much like uh, money you're gonna make from being yeah. a band playing small venues That's on the true. road. Well, we we all have jobs, so like we're not in the position of some of the younger bands that are putting everything on the line, you know. So I appreciate that those bands are dependent on people coming, and they're more stressed out if people don't come. So we have the liberty of like not having to worry if people don't show up. But they have been showing up. Yeah, I think expectations shift over time, naturally. So what are your expectations from the, like from playing the shows, from like getting the album out there? Uh, at the moment, I think our expectations are to enjoy it and to remember to enjoy it and to, uh, yes, sell uh, records, but we only have a hundred of those on this new album. Um, I guess it's more about people hearing us, hearing our music, hopefully liking it if they like what we do, and getting it to as many people as possible. My expectations are personally like to enjoy playing with these guys and, and making music, and to keep making music, whether it's with the four of us or in other um, forms. So I think the expectations are definitely less sort of... Um, Pressure cooker. Yeah, like here, you know, I mean, where where do we like, where would we have liked to have gone at the beginning? You know, maybe a label will put it out. Maybe someone will take us on and push us. And I mean, it, these are always kind of vague aspirations that you might have in the back of your mind when you start out in a band, because obviously that's what everyone would love in an ideal world. But um, we also uh, knew as well that like, you know, our audience is always going to be people who are kind of in the 
indie scene in Ireland who like guitars. We don't use a lot of, we don't, we're not super fashionable. We never have been. We throw in a little bit of keys and electronic stuff now, but not much. And I think we're not trying to jump on any wave. We're not trying to chase anything maybe as much as we could have thought in our own heads in the past. So I think the expectations are lower. It's just to write catchy songs and, and try and perform them. Um, it's simple. I think it's it's almost cliched. It's so simple. <laughs> uh, Niall, you alluded to it there. Uh, just kind of like um, you know these new bands who are starting out and who see, you know when you're younger, you're just able to commit more time to yeah. it and stuff. Like, do you kind of look a little bit with envy at some of them? No. Like, uh, I don't really. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I did, only thing I'd say when I when I meet younger bands or you know, it's just if you're young and you don't have a commitment, like or. A, a serious job you get in the van and get out on the road play loads of dates enjoy it like but yeah like would I want that right now don't think so yeah you wonder like do they enjoy it or are they like oh my god why am I well, still on the road and what happens in London a lot it doesn't happen so much in Ireland which is really 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 nice what happens in London a lot at gigs is bands will play uh, a support slot or whatever and you're trying to hear the music and by the second song they're giving you their social media contacts and they're telling you to like share the videos with them and you're like oh God, this is exhausting, you know? How does anybody keep it? Like, we're as guilty of anyone of putting up stuff on social media, but, like, I just feel like it's an obsession now that they're, they're thinking about it way too much. Um, and you get a lot of... I think the standards are a lot higher in Ireland. You get a lot of posers in London. And, like, when you see, you know, the guitar revival in Dublin, are you like, feck it, five years too late? No, I don't think so. Like, I mean, if you, I, I think that's a bit of a journalistic trope that there's a guitar revival like when we were playing there was Squarehead there was SoCal there was Fight Like Apes there was Us there was no shortage I, of I guess it's a, I guess it's the fact the bands are actually getting out there now as yeah, well yeah see they're all they're all more intelligent now they've all like you know some of them have been to BIM and they're all reading stuff on the internet <laughs> so so they're all clued up on how to do that we we never looked at that stuff when I, we were I playing I didn't even know what the internet was until two years ago Barry only figured out you could write on a photo yeah. Yesterday, it blew his mind. <laughs> I actually only started reading about it a week ago, so it's a big world out there. Um, you released Flow at the end of January. Uh, how do you feel about it? Are you happy to have the tracks done, finished? Yeah, yeah, delighted. Definitely. Yeah, we're really happy with this. We're really happy with this. I think um, it's it sort of was the closest we've gotten so far to realizing basically from start to finish how the songs could sound. And considering that we we conceived the album and wrote it over the space of about two years at very infrequent intervals uh, of rehearsal, um, it's great. We didn't even think at the beginning it would be an album. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we only had like eight going into the studio when we booked it with Fiacre and then you came back with that last song. We had, yeah, I think and even before we were, even before we went in, uh, we, we didn't even have, I'm not even sure it was going to be an album, but it, it, eventually from the rehearsals and a couple of songs were, one song was split into two songs and then we had that other track that was kind of a, a little bit of an outlier and throw that on as well and they're all relatively good. So that we're not just putting stuff on to make no, an album. All killer, no filler on. Yeah. Um, th- so the only thing that happened was like that we were like we were very harsh on ourselves. Like we didn't just let anything slip through the net. So there was eighteen songs originally. Each of them was named after a tube station in London that it took 
from my house to get to the rehearsal space. So we had all these like conversations like, I don't think Arsenal's working very well. What about Highbury and Islington? That seemed pretty good. And then Green Parks was a track we kept, like, and it was called Green Parks for ages. So uh, we cut it down to nine. We were really strict. So by the time we got around to, like, say, the third weekend away, we were only really like practicing nine or ten songs. Yeah, it was a really nice it was actually a really enjoyable process, but it was a very, very quick. Uh, we didn't take ages on songs. We kind of knew when we were rehearsing, we didn't have much time because we would all have to go back to where we live. And we spent a few weekends together over the course of a couple of years and wrote the album. And it really focuses your work ethic. And I think it really focused. We were against a clock, basically. And that really is a good way to produce or at least uh, get the music, uh, make decisions quickly, and don't uh, don't say, well, maybe we could... And like, no, this doesn't work, move on. We don't have time to sort of explore. I mean, uh, we can jam stuff out, and we can have, like, sessions where you're dealing with, like, embryonic ideas and stuff, but that's at the beginning, and I think we moved quickly. Even though it took two years, it seems weird to say it, we moved quickly. Moving fast and slow. Yeah, it was weird. Like, uh, we just sort of pounced on every second that we had, and now we have an album that we all really like, I think. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he looks nervous. I'm <laughs> looking at the rest hand. of them. And uh, microphoneless. Yeah, it's yeah. So many opinions they cannot express. Yes. I can see little thought clouds over Dan's. Uh, These, this head. is our our drummer and other guitarist. I think Dan was thinking like I just was so glad there wasn't the time for those like guitar solos for six hours that me and Dan just have to play the same bass line and drums to over and over and over again on the last album Colin and I Colin and I spent about a month or two months basically putting down guitars it was I'm not let's not revisit that like you mentioned that there's a little bit more uh, electronics going on in the album but like we always like this is going to be a guitar heavy sound there's going to be a lot of guitars going on here we had a thing at the beginning that we were just going to be guitars uh, and that's what kind of defined our sound. We didn't want to like, you know, go near adding keys or synths or anything that would saxophone. be vaguely electronic, even saxophone. But it was more like, I think we've slightly loosened up on that over the last few years. I mean, we listen to music, which is full of electronics and it's sort of a bit weird to have a sort of self-imposed rule, which actually isn't uh, beneficial if your sound can be expanded. So we've just added some subtle touches to kind of flesh out some tracks on this album. Uh, Colin does all of that, and it really works. And we don't want to go overboard, but at the same time, I think now we're very open to seeing where we can go with it uh, without becoming craft work. But at the same time... Someday. At the same time, I think it, it really does give you uh, a, just a nicer texture and we won't willfully obscure that if we can. Yeah, I think it. also when we were writing, the the mature thing always comes up, doesn't it? Like, But we were giving more space to the songs and then Colin had, had a microcorg with him during the sessions and just like really nice space that he found in the songs that, that you, like, I mean, half the time at the top we were like, no, that's that's awful. But then he got really into it and he started actually like getting really lovely uh sounds and patterns and background things and samples and it all became very uh, organic or something. It, it felt like, right, you know, we stopped giving him dirty looks and we're like, oh, that's actually really nice. No, I'll stop giving him dirty looks. Yeah, Barry, Barry still <laughs> gives him dirty looks. No, I think, I think it really works uh, and we will definitely see where we can go with that. I mean, we're not the first band to suddenly discover since, but... Just, <laughs> we are like, the first band. At the same <laughs> time, <there>. at the <laughs> same time, it's like... For us, it's like, well, okay, we're going to do this, okay? Because we do all love our guitars and we love our guitar-driven kind of grungy indie pop 
crap and we want that we want that to sound good so this is more a case of no we can throw it in there see how it goes that's one of the things about like the guitar revival in dublin it's like straight up you know just guitars and bass drums and vocals it's like no synths you gotta dump those synths barry this is this is this is the thing like it's normcore it's like let's just Let's just have something that sounds like people playing instruments and not staring at their laptops. There will always be a reaction to whatever the passing trend is at that moment. So um, our thing is not to get pulled into that too much and just do what we think sounds good. As Barry said, we've never been fashionable. So like, God, there's a chance here that people might be into it. Throw a few cents on it. No one's using them anymore. No. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like we're, we're five years behind that and that's great. Tell me about the lyrics. I think it's a really good lyrical album. Oh, Barry, was, was it you who does all of that? Yes. Um, you say that it's kind of like about the small scale dramas in life. Yeah, I think uh, I, I had to write something about what the lyrics were about. So I found myself sort of having to, because I rarely articulate too much. I always sort of used to write in a very abstract way. So I'm trying not to write too abstract and make it a little bit more relatable because I think people get more out of that. And do you see it as a challenge as well? kind of write slightly differently like that yes because i don't want it to be completely autobiographical but at the same time it i guess it is on on a primary level it's nice to uh i don't want it to be confessional but at the same time i want it to sort of make sense and connect with people but maybe not in a way that is too obvious like i enjoy doing it but i don't want it to be cliche in any way i'm a bit allergic to that i am glad that i think uh something like let's say face up it's a song that can be a, a, a accessible kind of universal feeling song, but also the lyrics aren't too throwaway. But they they do have a poppy, they do have a poppy feel because it's got a traditional sh- sing along, shout along chorus or whatever, you know. And that that's a nice place to get to, which I think worked. I think that's such a good song. <laughs> it's it's so great. Ooh. I love it. I lo- I love it's at this it's at the center of things as well, and it's just it comes on and it's oh, just let's this talk big, about this. this. You won't believe energy. how many emails. How many emails went around about the placement of Face Up on that album? Oh, so I'm okay. so glad you said that. Yes, Barry, <laughs> oh. owes me a point. Oh, okay. So you you won that round. I, me, Dan, and Colin won that round. Uh, some hardy pushing, but I got yeah. I mean, I, I think I think we're all pretty happy with the running order now. Uh, yeah. No, no. I mean, look, we're de- we're very very democratic, and uh, I think the lads sometimes I don't see things or I don't. It might not be readily evident to me on first look, but uh, I'm glad that you think it's in, a, in the right place. But I think I agree with you. It's definitely a song that we, even from the moment we wrote it or started coming up with it, it was like, oh, yes, de- yes. So I, and, and that really gave us the energy to suddenly go with where the album eventually landed. Yeah, it's like the, full, the fulcrum kind of, so everything is yeah. based around it. So I thought, like, for, for me, it was like in the middle and also to start aside too on the vinyl record. So yeah, and like like Barry said, like it was one of those songs that just you hear about them, and you're so jealous of the songwriters when they say, "Oh yeah, I came together in five minutes," and you're like, "How?" You know. But that was one of those songs we just took our gear out in Connemara. We were there for the whole weekend. It was the first day, first hour. We've been listening to a lot of Granddaddy on the car on the way down, and uh, we were in really good form. It was it was New Year's Day, 2017. Beautiful, day. Beautiful yeah. sunny day. We drove down to a little cottage in uh, Connemara in Letter Frack. And yeah, I'd, I'd say, honest to God, it's one of the few times ever in my 50 and odd years of making music where a song came out fully formed, just from having yeah, we, a, a laugh. There was no writing of, of it. It's a weird thing to say, but it does happen. I guess we had a lot of pent up energy. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't change <laughs> from day one. It didn't change from day one. It stayed oh. the same. It's like what is on the record is pretty much 
what we came up with that day. And so, like those emails that are sent between the band <laughs> talking, going to go down this way. <laughs> is 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 that actually what takes up like eighty percent of recording an album? Oh my god! Yeah, it used to be an email. Uh, it used to be. Uh, let me see. It would have been an email head fuck. Uh, yeah, it definitely was a lot of emails, and then. Um, we sort of backed off that and now it's a lot more WhatsApp group messages, but it's generally it's generally constructive and it's in good spirits. And we kind of, I mean, as the tour got closer, it became a lot more intense of us organizing stuff, talking about how we want stuff to sound, track listings, stuff like that. And that does, I mean, it's such a weird thing to put so much on a track listing these days because people don't really consume albums like that as much but I think people do we anyway I'm sure the four of us feel like an album is a piece of work and it does need a thematic kind of thread and I think a track listing is really important so yes there were like some uh, diplomatic exchanges on that and I think actually the, the, the general ballpark of the track listing was outlined from the beginning it was only a few key tracks where maybe I differed a little bit from the guys because I, I but that's just it's just preference it's just subjective so then you just kind of work it through yeah I mean there's only nine songs on the album so that definitely made it a little bit easier and then there was things like we wrote Stop Pushing uh, in London in November 2016 so it always feel, felt like an opener from the from the moment that we, we wrote that one and that one took a long time to write started out as like a very punky bouncy song and then we kind of paired back and, and, and kind of turned off the distortion pedals and experimented with some like synths and electronics so and then moving fast and slow which Barry only really brought to us the week we were recording with Fiacre McCarthy uh, we just thought let's not even rehearse that let's just kind of do something on the day in the studio uh, and it should work so I think we played that song for the first time the night before we went into the studio and then we were like yeah that, that th- th- this will be fine Barry's written a complete song here and it's a perfect bookend to the two two years work we've done so uh yeah and, and that's the other nice thing about being in this band we're, we're kind of confident that when barry shows us and we're like yep that's good we'll, we'll work on that in the studio yeah and, and other ones don't make the cut and then sometimes we we just do it ourselves and come up with something because the four of us are really good at improvising and taking an idea if we feel that it's worth it so 29 minutes is the runtime of the album did you did you get that at the end and were you like oh we should probably make this longer or like is, is it a nice Con- concise piece of work like tight we, yeah that is interesting I think we didn't know did we we didn't really no, know no we didn't know it was going to be that short but at the same time our songs have gotten shorter and a little bit faster than they used to be on the on the other album which was a bit longer and a bit more drawn out uh, and a bit sort of slower tempo wise I think this album definitely its brevity is good I think it doesn't outstay its, uh, its welcome and I'm not sure any of the songs would have benefited by being 30 seconds longer each to bump up the running time. I think they are, if we write a song that's over four minutes long, then then it's supposed to be that length. It sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but I think most of the songs on this album come in around the, the 2 to 3, 40 mark, and there's only nine of them. So... Yes, it's just about under. It sneaks under thirty minutes. We did, like I said, we kicked out half the songs. Like it was eighteen songs, and it became became eight, and then eventually nine. So, uh, so, so it wasn't ever a thing of how many songs we need to put on this or whatever. Like it was just, yeah. And also, some of my favorite albums are actually. Uh, no, I can I actually didn't know it was twenty nine minutes. The Thermals, The Vines, and another band all have like twenty nine minute albums, and they're some of my favorite records. The Hives, yeah. So these, 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 they're, it's a done thing. You were going to tell me a story about the first day of tour, your, your amp 
Lou, Barry, we're almost at the end now. So if there's anything else you want to get off your Boring. chest, you want to... Is, is, is this like, uh, you know, touring 101? Yeah, so, so this is... I mean, you think nothing's going to go wrong. You've prepped, you've got everything, you've dotted your I's, you've crossed the T's, you've uh, got your tour checklist checked, and then you roll up to the venue on day one, sound check one, ready to go, full of positive vibes. You turn on your amplifier, the amplifier craps out. You have to borrow an amplifier. It's day one. It's a big amplifier. It has to come around the rest of the country on tour with you. <laughs> Useless. Sitting like a dead weight in your car. That's what happened. So, I guess nothing else has gone horribly wrong. So, maybe the, uh, that took one for the band and we've had smooth sailing. It's like Weekend at Bernie's, but with an orange amp just being brought around us everywhere and not contributing anything except lack of fuel efficiency. I've had that amp for many years. It's never once not worked. <laughs> except at the moment I needed it most. Uh, we're here for you, Ray. Um, and so people will be hearing this after your last Dublin show. Uh, what, what are the plans? You mentioned uh, a gig in Amsterdam? Yeah, well, um, we're going to play a show in Amsterdam, maybe a second one uh, too, and that weekend, in the first weekend of April. And then after that, um, I, we have one or two things over the summer. A few things up our sleeve that haven't been announced yet, but we'll slowly, we'll be yeah, revealing all. Probably a bit too soon. It's only February. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we, we will be playing as much as we can, actually. We all love this album. We want to play it again. And as much as we're able to make it work, you know, between people having to fly back for shows and all of that, we will make it work and play good shows if we can. And if you talked about, like, the future of the band as well, like, oh, let's get back in the studio. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. in a rich vein of form. Let's... Uh, yes, Jesus. Let's just like capitalize on this moment of like pure beauty and energy and music. We haven't spoken about it. I mean, we're just trying to enjoy the tour, but like we're not no plans on going anywhere. It's 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 pretty stress free at the moment. It's nice, you know. We all just enjoy making music together. So I'm sure we'll do something when we get bored of these ones. You know, didn't take long for us to start after the last album. So I can't imagine it. I mean, I, I there's a few a few of the lads we've been talking to, and they're they're waiting on labels to put stuff out and waiting on label interest. We have our own label. We just put things out when we want to. It's very it's very very simple. Yeah, I think we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but also, I mean, I think we have maybe a couple of songs we might put out, but without the pressure and uh, time required to write another album or something, you know, uh, and make it slightly easier on ourselves. It wasn't difficult, but just slightly less, um, you know, an album is a kind of a work that kind of you, you, it, it takes a lot of time, you have to put energy into it, you have to get, you have to promote it, you have to get physical records, I guess, these days. So there, that might not necessarily be the next thing we do after that, uh, whenever this ends. I'm sure this year, will, whatever we do for the rest of the year, will be taken up just around the album, which is great because it's the thing we've been doing for the last two years and now we can just put it out there and just enjoy it. Yeah, the farewell tour can hold off for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's the first farewell tour where we announce we, announce we break up, like no, nobody up. really cares and then we quickly get back together and hope no one noticed. I like that. That'd be a good name for a tour, the first farewell. <laughs> the yeah. first farewell. <laughs> put it in the bank. <laughs> Cool, thanks a lot guys, thanks for the chats uh, Cheers Alan, thanks for all your help 